0: Myself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on: the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures: self-knowledge. Your hosts, Daniel and Eduardo. This is the Know Thyself podcast. Well, let's do this, man. Hey, man. Welcome to the Nice Health Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And let's do this, our continuation of last episode um, with the second labor of Hercules moving into the astrological um, correspondence with Taurus. So today's episode will be a continuation of you know last week's episode on the second labor of Hercules, which... We sort of left off on a very interesting um, conversation which had to do with desire. And Daniel already spoke about how we will do a whole episode dedicated to desire, right? Um, but today, with with continuing this conversation, we'll go a little deeper into, I mean, there's so much to cover here with the astrological uh, correspondence to Taurus, but also the second labor and how Alice Bailey does a wonderful job of bringing in so much detail as the second labor does. Also, one thing I know that I really want to talk about with you today, Daniel, is the second house. Um, uh, obviously, the continuation of this idea of desire through this lens uh, with Taurus and also the uh, four three letter words that are mentioned in this, which is God, sex, law, and sin. And so, again, it's a lot to unfold, but if you listen to last week's episode on the second labor, this will be that continuation uh, of an of an unfolding conversation that we might have throughout even in season three. So, exciting stuff. I'm excited. I'm kind of all over the place. This is like my second time recording the intro because it's a lot, you know, like right before you showed up, I was like, don't read too much into this, just keep your... Um, Keep your questions that you already had from last week in your mind. Don't create new ones. But then I see you, man, and I know you were out of town, and then you're back. I'm like, oh, all these new things come up. So, pardon me on the long-winded intro, um, but let's 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 get started, dude.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and great intro, man. And this is an exciting topic because we are we're approaching this esoteric understanding of form and just how important form is in our self-discovery and. It's the construct of the experience of our soul, you know, and it's one of the most overlooked subjects in spirituality. You know, a lot of times we kind of, when we approach spirituality, form is really seen as this, you know, kind of like this Maya illusion. But again, that was something that was kind of lost in translation from the East to the West. And when there was this kind of huge, almost like pilgrimage of Eastern information that was kind of coming to the Western mindscape, Right around the the turn of the twentieth century in the 1900s, there was stuff that got you know lost in translation, and I think we kind of attach this idea that all form is bad and the material is the devil. Um, but you know, form can kind of trap us, but within form is also the key for our elimination and right. kind of our escape and this higher understanding. And so, this conversation about form. It's esoteric significance is going to be something that we obviously have been speaking about in this podcast, the entire life of this podcast, and in the future, we'll kind of continue this. Um, but what this is saying is this is represented by this astrological energy. And everything we speak about on this podcast can be brought back to one of these astrological signs. You know, we had the birth of consciousness last week, I mean, our first one with Aries, mm-hmm. and now we're really seeing that consciousness finding a housing unit in right. form, right? And so... You know, the big questions we're looking at is, you know, do we see what form is trying to tell us? Do we see how it's trying to guide us? And that's what I think this this story does such a, a great way of breaking down. And we're going to talk a little bit about desire, um, but something I'm really excited about in the third season is approaching the subject of esoteric psychology. Yes. And that will really we will really go into detail about desire and just how much desire plays a role in our life. And again, we kind of have this lower version of desire, I think, in in the West, and we don't really truly see the higher aspects that can come from desire. Same thing with like the subject of ego. A lot of people speak of ego like it's a completely negative thing. Um, lower ego is something like this carnal desire that we're kind of talking about with Taurus. Of course, it's something we want to champion over because we're trying to establish the higher ego, and that's right. the same kind of thing with desire. It's not desire is not good or bad. It depends on how you use it in this free will experience. Yeah, you know, how you
0: express yourself or Ex- what you're what you're wanting to express with the energy that's driving you there. Because, like, I know they mention it as thought impulse. You know. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think that's, that's something that in, in season three, I can't wait to jump into is that there are these negative connotations to the word ego or to desire that, uh, you know, we'll definitely talk about when we do an episode on, on desire and, and what it really means for, um, you know, us as humans to have a true understanding of what the desire is intended for, not rather than the way it's been told for us to be, um, to sort of have an understanding of it, which, again, is from a lower perspective that you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or a lower understanding,
1: rather. Yeah. yeah. You know, and again, everything comes down to free will. How do you use the tool? You know, a hammer could be a very damaging thing, but it also can hang the most beautiful piece of art. And so I'm excited to kind of continue this conversation of the esoteric significance of Taurus. Right. And so, we'll, like you said, we're going to cover those four three-letter words that mm-hmm. Alice Bailey felt was so important to kind of attach to this sign. We're going to even talk about a little bit more of like the exoteric information about Taurus, like you would kind of more see in an astrological book. Um, but really importantly, how I, I'm going excited about like ending this show is we're really going to talk about the second house. And what's going to be nice about this is when you're approaching esoteric astrology, it's... It's the study of the soul and the evolution of the soul. And really what astrology is, is like the birthing of your authentic self um, and the process that you go through that to to unfold that um, manifestation. But the nice thing about studying the houses is is we get a little bit more of a personal approach with this. Um, Some of these ideas we're going to kind of talk about are going to be a little bit more closer to like astro-theology and like really big picture. And what's the nice thing about the housing systems is that it brings it closer to home because it's a house. And so we're going to be able to more experience this and see how this this works through us. Because you're so right. This Aries energy was that thought impulse. Well, thought impulse is always going to be followed by sensation and desire. And it's something we have to understand. And it's something that we really have to incorporate into ourselves and Again, it's not slaying the bull is what we're supposed to do. It's taming the bull. And that's kind of what this process is going to be looking at. And that's really what Taurus is going to kind of allude to us. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's this interesting kind of energy as we, you know, approach this idea of form. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to kind of jump in with it with you.
0: Well, I think everything that you're you're saying right now really relates to something that I took from one Alice Bailey um, has this quote in um, the meaning of the labor at the end. So if you don't mind what I'll say about it really quick, that I think it kind of goes right with everything you're saying to kind of lead us into that is, you know, when she talks about this energy of Taurus and the right understanding of the law of attraction, mm-hmm. I like how she says how the law governs the magnetic force And that the principle of coherence, which builds the forms, which we talked about form, through which God or the soul manifests. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a brilliant way of her putting it into such... I love how she puts these things into such simple words because that's sort of what we kind of do a long-winded explanation on when we're talking about this deeper understanding that you're sort of alluding to. And so I just love that that was your own thought that you just had prior to me interrupting with this quote. And I had to pull that quote in because I'm like, look, you're saying the same here to having this understanding of
1: like where this is going to go and what we're going to talk about in the second house, you know? Absolutely. You know, and really, truly learning. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up that quote because we really do need to understand truly what the law of attraction is. You know, it's again, it's bigger than the, manifestation of material things it is the aspect of what attracted your soul to this very body that's listening to this vibration coming through your ears Mm. you know and it's a process we've gone through since we were a single-celled organism the law of attraction is what pulled us down into the realm of matter and it's the thought impulse of the creator and it's how we create and it's because we are come from the creator we have this impulse and this ability to create. And that's what we're really gonna see in this, this idea of understanding how to use this magnetizing force and this harmonizing force and what we're really supposed to do with that. And we spoke about that last week with the you know, utilizing this energy for the unfoldment of the self. But truly what we're trying to do is, is to find that authentic self. And I really am excited about ending this conversation as we approach the second house because you're really going to see that that's what the Zodiac is. The Zodiac is not trying to make you like this one other person. This Zodiac is trying to make you. Um, and, uh, you know, that authenticness is is truly what the study of astrology is really based on. And when we kind of can start to see that and start to see the beauty in our own form and see the beauty in our own individuality, then this Taurus is actually, then we hit the bullseye. You know what I mean? Now we're Now we're on, you know, now we're on pass. And... And we're going to kind of talk about what you know what kind of pushes us and all this kind of energy but um you know i do like how she kind of was speaking about this idea of you know this the second labor really being in this desire world and the potency of desire right and the and we were kind of talking about the like you said the the law of attraction and how it's this magnetic force that's so important but should we should we jump into those those four words that she thought was so important to connect to this to this labor and to this sign? Sure, man. I
0: mean, she has this whole stretch, you know, through. If if again, we said this last time. If you haven't read um, the Twelve Labors of Hercules by Alice Bailey, highly recommended. That's what where we're going on. Um, we're going off of right now between this conversation, but towards. Um, the end of her summary she has these four symbolic words right and again that's god sex law and sin and yeah do you want to just start with god
1: absolutely (laughs) yeah let's start with (laughs) the big one simply yeah yeah let's just uh, jump into that the sum total right of all so yeah and and that's and again we could speak you know forever on this subject and only scratch the surface of this but This is actually a very powerful word. And this is also something that I think gets almost like um, sometimes criminalized. And spiritual people actually don't, they like, they have like a knee jerk reaction to this word. Um, But this word, the reason why they have a knee jerk reaction um, is probably because of manipulation, because this word is actually very, very powerful. And the interesting thing about God, and you know, what she kind of speaks about it when she defined it was the sum total of all forms. Mm -hmm the sum total of all states of consciousness, and the energizer of life. A lot to cover there, right? Kind of a big subject. Right. Interesting thing about this word God, we actually don't know truly the etymology of this word. We actually don't know where it came from. We, we have some connections to Norse myth- mythology. Because like, if you think about it, in the original Hebrew Bible, they don't use the word God. It was Elohim and Yahweh. So this wasn't in the Hebrew language. And we think that it might have come from like Nordic mythology. Um, it could have come from, you know, we know it kind of came from like Proto-Indio, like that language kind of family there. But it's very, it's very hazy. You know, there's... And so truly where they actually believe that this word came from is from African origin. And African spirituality is not only the most lost spirituality, because they were so unfortunately like ransacked and their history was completely destroyed, but it's some of the most potent energy comes from Africa with spirituality. And, and you can just see this why there's such a, I mean, that's still the, the gem of the world for all these power countries who go and they just steal all the resources. Well, they stole all the spiritual information from there as well. And so there's a connection to Africa with this. If you're ever reading about something in spirituality and it goes back to Africa, you're on the right path. That's some that's some deep deep information everybody needs to study even if you don't have any African descent in you. It's what we all came from. We all need to get connected to that mythology. And again, it's the most probably the most esoteric and hidden. Um Apart with that, with like the Druids um, and some of these old other organizations who didn't really write things down, or Mm -hmm. you know their information was kind of taken from. And so again, we don't know the etymology of this word, but we know Gud, which was in the Nordic mythology. What that broke down to was you know the giver of life, life cycles, milk, semen, sound, breath, food, anything that transferred life was kind of connected to this aspect of God, and. God is an interesting word because you can also break it down as an acronym. And so we have G O D and we have generator for the G, operator for the O, and destroyer for the D. Well, you just kind of covered everything right there. Right. You know, you have the creation, the operator, and the destroyer. Um, and so this is a really, really powerful, powerful word to connect with and to even meditate on. And again, if you're not comfortable using that word, you can use whatever word you want, but we've kind of I think it's almost had like a bad rap because of again exoteric, maybe Christianity in the last, you know, couple hundred years, I think did a way of kind of like hijacking that word and taking the true significance from it. But if we can if we can think about it in the way of generator, operator, destroyer, well now you have, you know, you've condensed all the mythology into a three-letter word, you know? And there's something really powerful about a three-letter word. It's like almost a representation of the Trinity itself. You know, It's there's a reason why she chose four three-letter words for this, you know? and that's And that's not by mistake. And so this energy is everything. And it's something that we really need to kind of, again, just kind of meditate and maybe, you know, change our relationship with that word because there's a lot of power in it. And just the vibration in itself, it does interesting things to water and to plants just by that vibration, you know? And, and again, you think about it, there's not a lot of words that almost like sound like that in like our language. Like it, it stands out when you hear it, you know? And so there's this distinct vibration that kind of comes with it and there's a lot of power, but truly what we're looking at here is the sum total of all experiences and all form. And so us just kind of going through this aspect of consciousness, we are experiencing this God energy, You know, us just experiencing this form and how we energize life is gonna be the kind of the same way. And so anything that carries life is going to be this kind of this connection with this God energy. And that that covers so many subjects. Again, I'm just, I'm sitting
0: here listening and Daniel looks at me like, is there something you'd like to say? And I've told him before, sometimes I'm just like, waiting to finish a thought as you're still, you know, speaking. Um, but absolutely, man. I mean, I think, you know, when I was reading The Second Labor, I, I I, told you this before we decided to do the first or the episode prior to this where I just thought it was so – I didn't expect there to be this breakdown of these, th- these four three-letter words that were going to be brought up. But much more, I didn't think she was going to actually – she being Alice Bailey, she was going to have this way of expressing the idea of God in the way that you're talking about. And I think it's imperative that you know we kind of go back to the idea of why we're even talking about this this story. You know, and, and she does a great job of sort of roping you back into saying like, "Hey, before we even go into these astrological connections that we're all going to be such fans of, and now that we have an understanding of what they actually correspond to, let's go ahead and you know." keep the idea of what these words actually mean in our, not only society, but in our world. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that kind of ties into what you're saying here, but you know, when she talks about, um, not just, uh, God and the sum total of all its forms, but the sum total of all states of consciousness, uh, and how it's the energizer of life. I think you kind of just sort of, um, sum that up beautifully for exactly what it needs to be understood that we don't take the word, um, as serious as we should and meditating on it is very important. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I think that it's easy to sort of say something like, you know, I believe in God because he's in you and he's in me. And, but uh, come on. I mean, there's so much more to break down on what we're saying about that. You know, you mm-hmm. say that to a child and they might agree with you right away. They're like, Oh yeah, I know what you're I, I feel him. If you feel him or feel God itself, um, And it kind of just ends there. There's an agreement there, but certain people are just like, no, I just don't really have that connection that you're talking about. Uh And I don't know why Uh, you feel so clear to say it like that. So I think it's great that she does that in this um, pretty quickly, you know, just kind of, again, using the idea of the state, all state is consciousness and the energizer of life is um, pretty great how she does that, so. And one of the things
1: we spoke about last week was that law of signatures. And how this God energy leaves its signature in all things, all aspects of form and all aspects of consciousness, you know. And this was to remind us that it never forgot about us, even though we forgot about it in this aspect of kind of falling into this polarity, differentiation, this, the self body, right? We, we lost connection to that oneness we were a part of. And that's what we're making the journey back to. But this understanding that. Because all aspects of form come from God and all aspects of consciousness come from God, we can actually see the signature in every experience. And so, you know, we spoke about it with an episode really early on with Hide and Seek. And we were talking about, you know, Hide and Seek is that game of like, you know, finding God in everything and seeking God in everything. And when you can do that, this is how we're actually going to overdo these desires, because this is what we're going to kind of connect with of like, well, what is the true? desire that I should be pushing out here? You know, what should this energy be doing? And if we can see even the lower forms of it as this inhibiting of this signature, making itself present, all of a sudden we're more empowered to kind of make this approach and make these big changes in our life and kind of overcoming some of this more Mayan illusion of this, you know, of the kind of cultures and societies that we find ourselves in. You know, and so it's an interesting thing. One of, I actually had a great story of somebody who sent me a message, a friend of the podcast, um, Mitch and Cassidy. And Cassidy um, works at a hospital and she has one of our little know thyself little punk rock pins that we made. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ever, if I'm ever in your town and you want stickers or pins, I probably have a backpack full. And so if we're ever in the same place, let me know. I will make it rain stickers and pins for you. But um, she was wearing it and one of her patients, Just looked at it and saw the sun, and was just like God, and it was just so so powerful. She sent me a message, and like just like changed my day because it really was this like beautiful kind of energy. But that was the exact feeling I had when I first saw that sun, you know, because that's a that's such an old um, expression, and you see it like in esoteric art, and you see it when you know all these amazing artists on Instagram who you know we we share their film their 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 art, and they they share it with us but you see it in all aspects you know you see it in you see it in everything you see it in your relationships you see it in you know the physical form and that's also something that we're looking at is just like understanding that that is the that is the causality of everything mm-hmm. is this this true beauty of this god energy you know and then also understanding that this god energy is not only the generator not only the operator but also the destroyer and that's something we're going to really approach today um when we get to the second house is that idea that you know, within form, everything's going to be destroyed. And right. How do we how do we find balance in that? How do we find security knowing that this is a finite experience? And so, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful subject. And um, again, we're going to approach this topic, and it's been the main topic. It's the elephant in the room that's been the topic this entire podcast because it's truly what we're always talking about when you're talking about the esoteric. You're talking about this God signature and finding it in these things. And, you know, and we even talk about that with like the breaking down of movies and, you know, the breaking down of art, everything can kind of come down to this, this true lowest common denominator. And there's a great quote from a, a scientist, um, around the 1900s. And he said, you know, the first sip of science, you taste atheism, but when you get to the bottom of the cup, God's waiting for you. And I think that that's such a not, I mean, that was a perfect connection with me because I, Once I started kind of, you know, becoming more of a materialist when I was like 12, 13 years old, and I really kind of was getting dominated by that left side of my brain, I truly was. I thought I knew everything. And I was kind of this like stark atheist, you know? And then it wasn't until I actually started to get to that bottom of the cup and I was just like sipping the surface that I was just like, oh, there's something bigger happening here. And there's a bigger connection here. And so it's just kind of this beautiful thing because – we're always, every day as we're making this approach, we're getting closer to that bottom of the cup. And we always see that it, it's always been waiting for us because it never forgot about us, you know? And I think that's a beautiful thing to kind of keep on our keep close to our heart as we're on this path um, and we go with these ups and downs, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I think that what I wanted to go back to from what you said earlier is the acronym of the word GOD it has the same um, parallel journey to the way we operate in our existence. And so you have generator and then you have the operator. And I think that those two phases in life, in our journey, in our path in the physical form, dominate um, our ability to reach total understanding of ourselves and consciousness because in the end, which is ultimate destruction, you find you know, a hesitancy. And so I think that, you know, I know that right now in our culture, in the Western world, that is, you know, we're trying to open up new doors to the idea of death and dying. You know, uh, other countries have already accepted death as part of this existence um, that is just as beautiful as a birth. Uh And I know for us in the Western world, or for some, you know there are more and more alternatives now to reaching that state of consciousness, but some people don't even need any kind of substance or some sort of um, guru to get them there. You know, you should just know that on your own. When you see God or feel God in your own on your own path, you also know the full circle of how it's gonna, uh-huh. you know, end. And even the word "ending" is something that maybe we can sort of remove from the idea of what it means to walk. On this on this plane in the physical form. and so I really like that uh, way of putting the you know a generator or an operator and then destruction because I really think that most of us are just in the state of operating mm-hmm. but you know when you operate under that influence of that light consciousness of God, you know, you also have a agreement with it has an expiration date and it's okay. Uh And so I think that's a beautiful thing that encompasses this whole idea of what we do on the podcast. Cause I think a lot of people obviously have reached out to us with a lot of positive feedback, but there's also people who think, what are these guys talking about? You know, Uh (laughs) like these two friends and, you know, what they're saying is incorrect. Sometimes maybe they feel that they disagree with our dispositions, but that's not like the whole idea of what makes the podcast. The podcast is us just giving you examples of literature and personal experiences of how this energy works through us uh-huh. and what the expiration date is and how we don't own any of it. Like we don't even you and I both even don't even sit here going like we own this information. Uh-huh. This is us here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's just something that we can all just sort of express and relate to all at the same time. And I think that's When you get to see sort of that evidence of like that higher consciousness working itself out without us having to do much because people are like, hey, I feel what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like these stories, just like the labors of Hercules, are doing the same thing where it's like, this is how I'm kind of trying to connect you and energize you through this information that you already should know deep, deep at the bottom of that cup you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But just take some time to get there. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, I I said this once before, but I'll say it again. I Mm -hmm. only find more spiritual door or more openings to spirituality in my darkest hour always, mm-hmm. because that's when I really go seeking for it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I can't make it up. It just sort of finds me and I find it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in the end, you just sort of feel like you just, you know, went up a notch and you start all over again. So anyways, kind of went off on a tangent.
1: <laughs> no, there, no, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And, you know, you kind of think about like the acronym of God, And we bring up that D aspect. And I love how you brought up how the West is trying to get a a more sound relationship with what death is and what the destroying energy is. But, you know, destroying old patterns, you know, negative thought habits that we're in, negative emotional responses, negative, you know, not having a positive relationship with an experience— That destroyer energy is so important for right. our spiritual growth. You know, if, if you don't use that destroyer energy, you're just go, go, go. You're just generating and operating. And we're in that go, go society. And we don't look at aspects of what do we need to destroy? What do we need to stop? And that's going to be something that really kind of comes up with the countersign to Taurus, which will be Scorpio. And we'll talk about that. You know, why, they're, why Scorpio is the sign of death and like why Scorpio kids were the kids on the playground that were like... Did you know you're going to die? And you're like, why would you, me as a cancer rising, I'm like, why would you say that? i yeah. want to call my mom. But like, it's so important, you know, and like you look at the countries, the civilizations that were connected to the serpent cults, these ancient cults like Mexico, they have like one of the healthiest relationships with death, right. you know, and they they celebrate it and they honor it and they see it as like this beautiful thing. And we can see that again, we talked about how much serpent wisdom is in latin america and how it's still intact to this day even in the flag of mexico and so yeah i think that that's a huge you know we can see the generator we can see the operator but really what we need to understand is that destroyer aspect and that's the hardest part of this connection with god is the idea that like everything's like the game of monopoly you know it doesn't matter if you had boardwalk, you know, it doesn't matter if you got the the, the little top hat piece, and you went around the board, and you had all the money, everything goes back in the box at the end of the game. Um, And that's the ultimate lesson of that game. And that's the ultimate lesson of this life. And, you know, what are we carrying back into that box? And so, yeah, I love, I love that aspect of, you know, just bringing some attention to that, to that D that comes at the end of that word, and why it's so important. Um, I think that, again, back to whether you're you
0: have a ultimate understanding of, of yourself, or even when we talked about the fool, you know, it's, it's just because you think you have it all figured out during the time you generate and then operate. It doesn't, it doesn't really have any, you know, this, this is also finite. And I feel like that's the final piece that sort of gives you, uh, again, the physical idea of making a full circle. Uh It's like, you know, from where you came from to where you go back to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, we, we deny it a lot. And then in, in this labor, and you know, he talks about desire, and again, we will talk about desire in the sense of psychological approach to that lower um, vibration of the idea of desire. But here, you know, again, she talks about God in, in all, the, all its forms, and I think that it's imperative to, to know that even though it is the energizer of life, It also, it's a taker Uh and that's okay. You Uh know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So
1: yeah. And then, you know, and how important this is for us to, you know, destroy like relationships to things, you know, it's important for us to, as we're raising a child to go from that aspect of, you know, this isn't an infant anymore. This is a toddler. I have to destroy that aspect that that's an infant. I don't have to coddle it as much. This isn't a toddler. This is a teenager. I have to destroy this aspect of like babying this, you know? And even when the child becomes an adult, you have to kind of destroy that relationship. And that's what creates long lasting relationships because everything is this phoenix, this rebirth. We always need to be born through the frames of this kind of destruction. And you think about what creates a long-term relationship with even a partner. And we're going to kind of get in this with this next word with sex, but how important that is to You know, you know that that initial fire of attraction is going to burn off. So you need to destroy that initial attraction. It needs to get something creates deeper and you need to kind of destroy what brought you together and recreate something bigger. And this is how you make lifelong friendships. This is how you make lifelong relationships. You know, we had a lot of individuals that we used to skate with and play music with that we're not as connected with today. And it's not so much like we're like, you know, that guy's a turd basket basket or something. But like it's more of like we just me and you evolved together. And like as like our relationship had the form from being in the punk band Clinton's pet donkey to like forming to like us traveling the world together, you know, to us doing all these kind of unique projects to like where we find ourselves today. Um it went through that process. We had a lot of death and rebirth in our relationship, but that's how you make everlasting life. And that's how you actually go back in that generator operator Totally Right. Well, I was going to say, we've always as friends have operated from the bottom
0: of that cup that you're talking about that Mm -hmm. you're sipping from. And I think that's what kind of makes this relationship so unique um, is that we're not operating from the surface, we're not going, okay, like where will this lead us, and how much could we gain from this or that or you know, um let's just experience it for the physical form of like for for the sake of a physical experience, I should say we're always like, no, like the meaning behind it was this deep, and then the rest just kind of blossom from there and I think that if more people can find themselves with other individuals and again we'll let's move into now the second um of the four um When you move into finding a partner, whether it's, again, a friend, a mutual friend, or, you know, uh, an opposite um, sex or even the same sex, but having the intention for what the understanding of desire is first, and then what you're going to do with that um, partner you know, where are you operating from? Like, where is it coming from? What's the real intention? So yeah, you're right. We don't have a lot of the same friends we used to, but then I go back and I oh, but most of the stuff that made us uh, a common denominator, um, was that, uh, we basically just were operating on superficial things. And then when you try to have a conversation that goes deeper than just those things that made you friends, you kind of find yourselves at different levels or different stages of your life. Uh But anyways, that being said, moving on to, you know, finding that, that partner and, and with the idea of sex, um, that desire attraction that, that is mentioned, you know, right. Uh, or she puts the instinctive urge to creation, the pool of the soul, the urge to divinity. Yeah. I like that.
1: Absolutely. And and again, this word sex is we have such a, a false understanding of what sex is because we only think of like physical sex between two individuals. Um, but you know, this is just life in operation. This is the aspect of a positive and a negative pull coming together. So Again, when we fell down into matter, to be able to perceive this experience, we had to get go through that differentiation stage, and we had to get polarized, right? The one, that oneness had to be broken up into two, and that's what gives us polarity, right? And so what sex is talking about is it's just the interplay of the positive and the negative. Like right now, we are having sex. I'm speaking, so I'm protruding energy at you. And you are receiving it. You're the negative energy. So, right now, I'm talking through this like masculine component because I'm pushing the energy out and you're receiving this energy. So, it's this positive negative flow that's kind of happening. Okay. And again, when we say masculine and feminine, we are not talking about biological gender. We are talking about the positive component of the universe and the negative, you know, the aspect of protruding force and receiving force. And it's something that we have to have a, a beautiful connection with both of those. And again, when people are like, "Oh, I don't like how the feminine is considered like this negative force. Well, just go into a little bit in spirituality and you see that there's so much more strength in surrendering than dominating. You know, it's almost easier to dominate when you truly surrender. That's, that's like the bravest thing you can do, especially when you surrender to the right things like natural law. And so this is life in operation. This is happening at all moments you know it's the positive and that negative force that's interplaying and this is you know it's the interplay between the objective and the subjective she speaks about that it's the attracting of the spirit to matter you know that positive force to that negative housing unit you know one of the things that we spoke about when we were talking about squaring the circle in the um, in that alchemical and the many houses of god episode we talked about how we are all actually females because we're all receiving that positive spirit energy from this creator God force. Mm -hmm. And so we're all actually God's women. And so we, you know, not all of us can have a womb and carry a baby, um, but we're all receiving energy on that, on that mode. And, you know, this is also the interplay between the exoteric and the esoteric. And with sex, we have desire and attraction. And I like how you brought up that instinctive urge for creation, and that's going to play a really big role because that's going to really tell us how we master this aspect of sex and desire because we really have a carnal approach to it in our society you know this is why you know the pornography adult industry is such is such a dominant industry you know and this is also why that's an industry that's free because you are the product and they're taking this really sacred energy from you And they're pushing it through the lowest form possible, so you have the lowest relationship with it. So you won't find that divinity within yourself, especially through like intercourse. You know, and and again, this is this is uh, this is important. And I'm glad that you brought this up too, because in the intercourse of physical sex, there's always somebody who's giving the energy, and there's somebody that's receiving that. And it's the same thing with a homosexual relationship, right? There's somebody who's giving the energy, and there's somebody that's receiving it. So this this has no connection to what your you know what your sexual preference is you're all experiencing this we're all sometimes female in the relationship and we're all sometimes males in the relationship because we're both of those and that's something that we have to we really have to break through with this polluting of this esoteric thought form that's happened in our culture and it's not by accident that they did this they they're trying to obfuscate the law of gender to make you confused um, because these components, we, they all live within us. You know, we have this feminine component in us, and I have this masculine component in us. You know, and it's always this aspect. Like, you know, I'm giving you a gift at Chris, like at a holiday. That's a masculine thing. I'm I'm giving that gift, and you're receiving it, and then you give it back. Now all of a sudden, you're the man, and I'm the female in this energy. And we, you know, we speak about this with how important this is, because and how again, how powerful this feminine force is of this, this surrendering energy and what really comes from that. And that kind of gives us the, some of these deeper lessons. And so again, sometimes people, again, you know, I, I love all the messages you send, but sometimes individuals are like, I know what you mean when you say masculine and feminine, but I have like this knee jerk reaction. Um, But that's on you. This is esoteric information that's been here since the beginning of time. Your knee jerk reaction is because of, false indoctrination that's happened from social engineers who are trying to confuse you. And so we have to kind of separate that kind of stuff.
0: Well, one thing that I think is, you know, to add to that, that I actually took away from, um, you know, Alice Bailey that I really like is in the idea that the attraction between the parts is all within the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, so it doesn't matter, you know, what you're attracted to or who it's that second component of the positive and the negative that coming to one and making that whole exist, you know, okay. and I feel like don't, you know, don't take these ideas to the point where you think, well, I don't agree with what they're saying. We're not trying to get you to agree. We're just trying to give you the deeper meaning of what that whole actually uh-huh. is and how it's created, which is why I don't feel uncomfortable. And Dale says, as we have this conversation, there's a portion of me that is protruding my energy and you are receiving because that's exactly what we do, you uh-huh. know, and you do it even if you don't recognize you do it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I know for a fact, if I ever received a gift from you, there's two things that happen at once. I have to channel in the aspect of my mother of kind of having my voice go up and say, thank you. And I have to sort of put my guard down, which is something that I have in a male sense to feel uh, vulnerable for a minute as you've given me a gift. So these like um, these uh, um, energies that we're describing as masculine or, fem- or feminine are working through us at all times, uh-huh. you know however you're receiving or giving that energy. So again, to, to take it beyond that and think, Oh, they're talking about this something I don't agree with because I don't identify with is, is not really the path that we're trying to like put down with this conversation. So I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah. And you know, and we're we're not saying either that the patriarchy hasn't been oppressive and we're not saying that the sacred feminine is something that has completely been completely hijacked. We, you know, we honor, the feminine mysteries here. Cause I mean, that's what the mystery schools are. Like the information we're talking about in the esoteric is the feminine, you know, this, it's the keeper of all the knowledge. Like, you know, there's, there's something so honorable about that. And I think that's so, so beautiful, but it's just one of those things. If, if humans weren't here in this like postmodern idea, that's totally where our thought process is totally controlled by media um, in corporations, not even humans, but corporations, if we weren't here, Romeo, your dog right now, would not be arguing about this aspect of gender. They, w- the nature, doesn't get offended by this because it's a law of nature. It's like you either. It's like gravity. It's like it's just part of it. Now we all know that we're in that oneness, and what's what we're trying to make it back to. But like nature wouldn't be having this argument if it wasn't for us here having this. And again, we have to realize that just like with causality and cause and effect polarity they use it against us with like the voting of the red and the blue you know and it's just like oh this is my party and i just blindly par this party and like everybody has to choose sides and you know this is this is part of the process that they've been doing forever to kind of keep the barn barn animals fighting each other so they don't realize that there's actually no fence and we're free and we can be liberated from right. this, you know and so again we it's something we have to kind of kind of look at um and, you know, one thing that we spoke about on this too, and it's just anytime it kind of comes up with the esoteric and like spirituality, that God force energy we talk about doesn't doesn't mind what you do in your bedroom in the private of yourself. Like if, as long as it's two consenting individuals and they're of an age of an adult, none of this like aspect of like age is just a number. That's again, that's that's postmodern kind of bullshit that they're selling us to to really do something there. And so, you know, as long as it's a consulting adult, that's, whatever you do, that's with you. You know, as long as you're not impeding, you're not dominating somebody out of their control, you know, that's fine. You know, that, the whole idea of, like, Homosexuality being like punished, that was exoteric Christianity. You know, that was again, that was like power control. And it was so sad what happened to those people. And it's so nice that we're liberating from that. We're really approaching this age of Aquarius, but it's just something we have to approach because I know a lot of people message us about it and they kind of get upset. And so, well, yeah, I mean, we're not, we understand.
0: You know, it's funny because just to, I know that we're kind of coming off a little bit on a tangent here, but I think everything you're saying is great to cover because, you know, as a full disclosure, it's like our opinions aren't the one and only way that you should, you know, view life. And I've had this conversation with the person, again, a side note, because we are talking about this idea of sex. And prior to that, we bring up the idea of of God and and how it is the sum of all all these forms. But I remember I spoke to this individual a long time ago and we were talking about pornography and all I said before he got very defensive was how I don't agree with an image that is placed into my subconscious and then, then I act on as it sort of fills in the schemas in my brain, you know, the file cabinets that we have. Um that kind of just sort of made me think about what you're saying and with uh-huh. the idea of of this conversation that we're having and how listeners have that knee-jerk reaction. But it's like, hey, rise above the fact that this industry can create these images and give them to you for free. Uh-huh. Like, think about that just for a second. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. I'm not saying, you know, you're I'm condemning you for it. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, get what I'm saying? No,
1: yeah, and, and again, too, I don't want to. We do kind of go on tangents, and we had late coffee today, so we're all jazzed up. Um, but I like what you're
0: saying. I mean, she is talking about sex, and then we are talking about that law of attraction. Mm-hmm. You did talk about causality, and all those things are part of that conversation mm-hmm. we just had. Mm-hmm. Not to defend our conversation, but I'm just saying, like, that's kind of right. where it's going, where it's like, okay, like, just pay attention to what you know, what you're giving out mm-hmm. with that protruding energy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why you're putting that
1: protruding energy out there. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, it's it's all about Taurus rising above what the physical expression is, you know? And and again, too, we we know, like, one of the big things we're going to kind of talk about is, you know, the, the damages that happened with the patriarchy in the age of Pisces and how we lost so much deep information, um, you know, in that kind of evolution away from that. And so that's something where we're totally aware of. And we just want you to know that that's, We're not talking about like that physical gender here, you know, Mm -hmm. and those, Mm -hmm. and again, it's just one of those things that you kind of have to understand because it's, it's one of these seven hermetic laws and they're going to try to, because this is the foundation of this consciousness experience, they're going to try to pull you away from this. Obfuscation is one of their biggest tools. How can they muddle muddle up the waters so you don't see your clear reflection? Well, this is how they do it. And they're going to kind of do it through, through this process of of the media, which is so funny because media comes from Medea, which is um, the Greek god of illusion, you know, and like it's just so funny how we just we just play into it, and you know, we it's just it's just an interesting interesting thing. And again, it's it's this aspect of we need to know ourselves, and we really need to understand what what is really kind of happening here. Um, well, with do this, we, do we move into? what's next? Are you finished with
0: sex? Well, you know, I I don't want to jump in. I just wanted to ask you that generally or genuinely, because I like how you're, you were just kind of like alluding to like natural law. Yeah. yeah,
1: Absolutely. And, um, no, and I think we can kind of, you know, kind of make it, but again, it's this, this is goes beyond, this goes beyond just that physical intercourse. And one of the things that, um, I think is so important too, is, you know, one of the the things that we really need to learn too is there's like this middle path here with sex, um, because sex could be used as like, you know, like you look at like some like sex magic and that's really like this idea of like, Oh, the physical orgasm is the highest and the closest you can get to consciousness. Um, and that's not really the case. Like, yeah, that's a, that's an experience that can happen, um, but there's there's almost a responsibility to do there. It's not just a physical sensation. There's there's something that can actually happen there when you're deeply connected, um, and you kind of spoke about it with like sexual alchemy, like we talk about with like the Kama Sutra, and like really when you kind of educate yourself on it. Um, but also on the other far end of it, of like being celibate. You know, we see the same damaging with that. We see the same person who's addicted to sex and is almost like a sexaholic as you see like the damaging that happens with celibacy. And you know, because this is we have this urge and this desire for creation in our life, celibacy isn't for everybody. Like the only way you could truly kind of be in like the celibate aspect is if you are creating on the mental and the physical in in an amazing way like almost like nikola tesla like you need to be operating at a very very high rate to kind of be able to work through that um because that energy kind of builds up and again there's there's like beautiful practices of like retention that people do that's like really powerful but you have to find an output for that energy you can't just like stop it and thinks everything's going to be okay because you're just going to be building up this natural life force that's within us um, and so you have to find other expressions. And so that's something to kind of investigate. But if you are trying to get a little bit more of control on that and more ride the bull, again, it's not slaying the bull. And it's kind of like learning how that energy goes. But we'll t- we'll approach that with esoteric psychology and this aspect of desire. But, you know, it's it's this interesting thing that there's really a middle path on, just like everything. Um, and kind of learning what that is um, and not going too far into this idea of just sensation and then not also going to this other side of like completely shutting that down um, because it's energy that needs to be expressed. And so you you have to put it out in the creative force some way. You know, it could be like crazy, amazing artist sometimes can do that, but they're producing art at an amazing rate and that's like all their focus. So they're still creating something. So you have to substitute some other sort of creation for maybe not just like the human creation, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, we talked about it a
0: little bit earlier with desire and ego being something that we're going to, you know, talk about in the third season. But we said this before with ego is that you don't want to kill your dragon. You know, you'd you, that's not the goal. The right. goal is attainment and mm-hmm. use the energy for when it's necessary and not necessarily let it dominate you either, but not dominate to the point where you have made it, um, obsolete to where, you know, now you don't have that generating force that mm-hmm. you might need from the
1: ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, and it's so funny because this, this sex energy, and we're talking about more of this like energy of creation, that's what gets the bull moving, you know, because the bull is like kind of the lazier sign, right? And we kind of spoke about that. Um, but even like bull riding, and I don't know if they still do it, but they used to like shock the testicles of the bull to get it to start bumping. Because like, if not, they would open the gate and the bowl would just chill with this like, guy on top of him. He's like, what do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah. So that's how how you get the bowl moving. And so- yeah, They do that
0: or they just tie them.
1: Yeah. Or they tie it, you know? And so this is what we kind of see of like how you, you use creation to kind of help direct your desire, you know? And that's why we kind of want to put it to the highest form of creation. We want to make sure that we're kind of going through this highest aspect of desire. And I don't know if we spoke about this last week, but- you know, this is also what like the Spanish bull, the the running of the bulls. Oh is yeah, about. you did. Yeah, we did speak Just about like that. You know, eating it all out, but you know, also not getting trampled by it. Exactly, and like how like oh, you can live in that desire sensation energy for a long time, but then one day that bull's going to catch you, and it's going to you know you're going to be it's not going to be fun for you. And so again, so much interesting energy. And one of the other things I want to bring up with this aspect of these components is. This Taurus is the most feminine of the signs because it's form. But isn't it funny that the Taurus is a bull and a bull is a male cow? you know? And then we thought about Aries, right? And we have it as that ram and it's like that very protruding force. But then you look at the sigil and it right. looks like the female reproductive organ. Yeah. So do we see how even this duality is contained within it and it's not talking about the physical gender. This is talking about the esoteric aspect of polarity and why we need to see that positive and negative force. And if we can learn that, we could really almost start generating our own kind of battery power and really kind of start raising that kundalini and really like raising that force within ourselves. And so, you know, I'm, I, Eduardo, I'm so sorry if my little tangent gets us canceled, um, but hopefully let's cross our fingers that it doesn't. I think it um, will be just fine, man. Either way, we'll just go to the underground. But um, so yeah, let's move to the third, which is law. Yes, Yep. And and law is my favorite that she brings up
0: in all this because even when I was uh, a child, I would try to, and and shout out to my mom, right? Veronica, I know you're out there. But she would entertain these kind of conversations and she still does with me. And I'm like, my mom must think I'm insane. But here's something that Alice Bailey says about law. The thought impelled response of God to form the habits instituted by the timeless interplay between the polar opposites, which have... Been recognized by humanity as the inevitable law of nature, mm-hmm. end quote. So, and not that I was saying that as a child, but what I was saying is that it's like I get why there is this, I get why there is this sort of boundary here or why there's this um, understanding amongst all us beings to not cross this line, but what is that? Mm-hmm. And why are we all in agreement with it? Not the ones that are obvious, like say, if you take, in my case, the Ten Commandments, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Why would you do that to someone, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then you realize that we have impulses and we do cross those lines. And so I always thought, okay, how does this law, how does it come into our conscious state of mind? And how does it go all the way into our soul to where we all in our agreement that this is not what you do? And of course, there's moral guidances that we follow. And we talked about this with principles from uh, the hermetic principles in the series that we did in the first season and how that governs us. But I think the way she puts it, you know, uh, beautifully with the thought-impelled response
1: of God to form mm-hmm. is is great. So let's let's go there, man. Yeah, no, and I and I love that you brought that up. And again, you interesting thing you brought up Moses because when we talk about astrotheology, Moses is really the the representation of the prophet that moved us from the age of Taurus to the age of Aries because remember when he comes down the hill with the 10 commandments, his his followers are worshiping the golden calf and he gets up scared and he breaks the 10 commandments and if you look at Moses' staff it's the Aries ram and that's what he represented it was the moving away from the materialism to more of this like birth of consciousness which was going to be this this new beginning um and so again we we think about law And I think a lot of time we think about like the material manifestation of man's law. Right. You know, and how different that is from natural law. And that's what we're really talking about here. We're talking about law with the capital L. Yes. Not the law that's like, Oh, in this place you can drink this thing. But if you cross that imaginary line, you're punished, you know? And it's like, how, how does that work? Like, isn't this all like the earth? Like, why, why would that make sense that you could do something here and you couldn't do something there? And so, You know, we have this, like, limited understanding, I think, of what law is. And again, totally, they've obfuscated law, like, with even, like, how language works and how, you know, even when, like, you talk to an individual about studying law, all they're telling you is, like, oh, you just have to learn a new language. You actually have to learn, like, maritime terms. And, like, you really kind of start to see, like, how we're actually kind of controlled this. But even man's law was kind of based off of natural law. Um, But natural law is that immutable force. It's what we have to surrender to. There is no, there is no, you know, you surrender to it and you can kind of command it, but it's more, you just learn how to direct and flow with its energies, you know, but there's really not like this aspect of commanding in this way that I think is almost like sold in some of like the magical community, because it's more of a surrendering and understanding that path and what kind of comes with that. But, you know, we think about the these natural laws is like cause and effect, the law of polarity, the law of vibration, you know, all of these things we spoke about. Um, but they are, they're immutable. And this is something that we have to learn to understand, to observe, and then learn how we kind of align with that. And that's that's the difference between pain and growth. You know, when we move away from natural laws, we feel pain. When we align ourselves with natural laws, we feel growth and we have self-exploration. And so it's a really, really important topic to kind of think about and just the study of natural law on its own is something that we should all kind of look into and the beautiful thing is how we learned about natural law is through form and this is what the that when we talk about how this can be you know our own prison or the key to illumination and it's learning the laws that mother nature is presenting to us um you know of the of creation working through her as that housing unit. And nature is the greatest way to kind of learn these laws. And you see animals operate on this, you know, you see nature operates on this, like nature, like we don't even think about the aspect of like nature rest, you know, in the winter, why don't we, you know, but we just continue the nine to five work week and like do everything like it is, you know, some cultures are a little bit better of giving like vacation. We know in America, it's just like, it's your nine to five. And like, if you're not pushing eight to seven, you're not really like in with the company. And you're like, you're not driven enough.
0: I well, think it's interesting that everyone kind of has the same agreement. Even meetings are like, well, you know, maybe, maybe in the next year, you know, because right. this quarter, I don't know, we're all feeling a little, it's like,
1: well, I mean, just look at like a drive through coffee line. Like you go through any drive through coffee place, like even on the right here. That, that line is like 12 cars deep at all times of the day. It's like, and this is why energy drinks are such a big thing. Like this is why so much stuff is a big thing. And I think this is also why I like, you know, like alcohol and stuff like people going out because they don't have the time to rest, but they need to escape a little bit and like get that kind of connection. Um, and again, everybody, you know, you have your own relationship to all these things. Like I'm sipping on a coffee right now. Um, and I'm sure at tonight when I'm like trying to go to bed, I'm like, I probably shouldn't, shouldn't have, have had that afternoon coffee, right? That's, that was a little abnormal for me. But I have no regrets. Yeah, I, But, you know, and again, it's all trial and error of humanity to this recognition of this natural law. Right. And that plays this, this really important opponent. And if we really see this, this natural law as like that objective force and natural law is truth, you know, and we don't, we're not the arbitrators of truth. We don't create truth. It's aligning our perception to truth, which is spiritual development. Your perception is not reality, you know, and that's something that you'll hear people say perception is reality. And, and that's, that's false. It's aligning your perception to reality. That's what the spiritual process process is. And nature, again, the universe is always leaving its signatures. It's always leaving its lessons. Um, It just depends if we, we see them. And if we don't, it sends us into the same patterns. And we were like, oh, why did that, why did that relationship fall apart? You know, why did my insecurities come out again? Or, you know, why did I lose that job? Or like, why am I out of money again? You know, it's like the same pattern until we start to see it and be like, oh, it's because I'm in this negative cycle and there's things I need to recognize. But, you know, it's it's part of the process. Like case or right, process. You know, it's what we're doing. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess that trial and error of kind of connecting to it. But at one point you go and that natural law is kind of like that high priestess card. And it's always been waiting in that chair, and it's just like, oh you done uh, burning in the fires of your own hell or drowning in the waters. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then we kind of start right. that process, you know? Um, no,
0: yeah, I, I know you, you talked about a little bit about the the interplay between the polar opposites. You know, she mentions that here with law. Um, but yeah, we having no ability at times or giving our, our ability of recognizing that interplay, um, not not we don't have the ability not recognizing um where those where those are within natural law um is part of this this rising consciousness that we're talking about here, so um oh, the imposition of the will of God and the empress of that will upon form and its recognition by man, what do they mean by that That's what I was gonna say,
1: yeah, and that's and that's what it is, natural law is the will of God. There you go. You know, it's it's what it's trying to do and this is this is what it's put into place so we would evolve. Because remember, consciousness is operating through us and it needs us to evolve. And we decide on how long this process goes for when we start to accept it. You know, because universally, we're all going to like consciousness is going to make itself back to that wholeness, but we actually kind of almost decide that timeline. You know, and this is a this is a really deep esoteric information um and it's 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 a great thing to kind of think about but you know everybody talks about you know world war three and like you know the the big like what are we going to do for like the powers to be and how there's like kind of manipulation that kind of happens but one of the things that we need to understand is that the war in heaven has already been won that was one when said god said let there be light Light overcame this, like this darkness of the lower self. So the war in heaven has already been won. There's no the battle in the heavens between good and like evil, and consciousness and dark, and like consciousness and the lack of consciousness. Not darkness, but the lack of consciousness. Consciousness already prevailed. It's only when we accept it. It's only when we actually come to terms with it as humanity that that's already been won. That's when this process is going to happen. But there doesn't need to be a physical conflict. It's already been done. Exactly. You know, it's, it's in, and they're gonna, universe is gonna allow the individuals that are kind of manipulating to stay as long until we figure that out. And they know this, that they can only stay as long as in power until we figure that out. But it's already been won. This was, this was the eons ago. You know, It's just when we come to this realization and when we actually make this kind of connection. And so that's what natural law is letting us know is that consciousness has already prevailed. When are you gonna accept that? When are you gonna accept it exactly. within yourself? And that's what natural law is always doing. And it's natural law, you know, punishes the the immature individual, just like gravity punishes us if we don't understand it, right? Absolutely, man. I think this is
0: again, you're setting them all up perfectly, but this is where I get excited to go right into what I would identify as part of sin. Perfect. Yeah. You know, because that's that's the sin we we create with ourselves is like believing that not believing that that war has been won and that that light within us is just, it's a switch that needs to be flipped. And I, I'm making it sound, I understand, very, uh, you know, easy and very um, um, not just easy, but easy to obtain. But it really is, it's in you. You just have to turn that switch on, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that part of my definition for sin would be in, 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 um, Conjunction with that idea of just like not turning that on and and doing yourself um, a disservice for not actually, you know, aiming towards what you want to actually,
1: you know, or what you should be aiming towards, you know. Right. Missing the mark. right Not hitting that bullseye, which is kind of what Taurus kind of wants to help us do. And you're right. It's the uprising of the individual unit against the whole. But we're not talking about the individual unit as the sovereign self. We're talking the individual unit as that persona-related lower self, you know, because it's when we actually connect to our higher sovereign self that we can actually become a part of the whole and actually evolve in this evolution of consciousness. Um, Because the whole is the evolution of consciousness. And, you know, you evolve consciousness by fulfilling your destiny. That's that's what the universe is holding, that's what the angels hold their breath for, is that you fulfill your destiny. And you're like, well, what, what is my destiny? Well, What do you like to do? And what are you good at? I bet that's a good indication of like why you were here. You know, so many people are like, oh, like this is what I love to do, but this is what I find myself doing. Um, And I just feel lost, you know? And it's just like, well, you know, look at that stuff. That stuff's so important. You know, even when we we do the natal charts, people are like, I want to know like what my chart says about like the career I like. And I could tell you like what you're looking for, whether you're like nurturing, whether you want to like help the future, but we don't even have to look at your natal chart. A lot of times I'm like, well, what do you like to do? And people are like, oh, like, I would love to work with children. It's like, well, bingo. I think that's it. You know? You're like, And and, not, and the thing is, is people are like, well, then everybody's going to want to just be an artist. It's like, not not the case. You know, you have people that want to paint. You know, you have people who want to, you know, you have people who like to do finances and manage people's monies. Like, that's a responsible thing. And that's, there's there's something really great about helping people manage their money. Like, Everything needs its component. And if we really see that we're all a part of, we all play, we're all individual workers in this great plan and we need to just understand what we are supposed to do, finding that authentic self by going through the Zodiac, well, that's what consciousness wants us to do. Like it's it's not making it so complicated for us to figure out like what our purpose is, but right. you finding your purpose is like what, again, the angels hold their breath for. And when you when you find it, they dance and they sing, you know, and it's like this beautiful thing that happens in the heavens and you feel connected to these finer substances and life is just this interesting thing that kind of unfolds that way. And so, you know, we, we really kind of have to look at that with that idea of sin and that idea that, you know, God, this, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts and that's what sin kind of does. It really kind of tries to separate everything up and, you know, again, break everything up into what's component, which is really important. But even when you break stuff up into its component, kind of like how Virgo likes to do, Virgo still needs to kind of go back and put it back into the whole, And that's like part of the process that Virgo does a really good job of. But we do, we kind of need to separate stuff out and we kind of need to break stuff up. Um, I mean, it's, it's part of the evolution of consciousness that we're finding ourselves in. You know, like when we're talking about the house system, like when the Egyptians were looking at the Zodiac, they didn't break it up in the house system because they had more of a holistic lens back then. They didn't have to break stuff up into sections to be able to understand what that section represented Well, we're going through this like process of forming into matter and like the consciousness is getting it's going through this evolution that we kind of do have to separate reality to kind of understand it but that's actually what we're working back to at this point with this age of aquarius that we're moving into is like seeing all these little parts that we've separated consciousness and this experience of humanity as and kind of connecting it with the larger network and that's kind of what this the evolution of consciousness is calling for us in this in this coming eon that's kind of approaching
0: Oh dude, that's awesome. To tie it all together, you know, I think everything you just said kind of, you know, pushes it towards, and I'm just so excited to um, read not only what Alice Bailey has to say, but uncover everything that she describes. Because, and again, I don't want to, we can continue talking about sin, but one thing I want to say that I love how she, I'm going to quote her again, but she says here, thus is the story of the universe written for us in these four words, God, the whole, sex, the attraction between the parts within that whole, law, the habit of the whole, and sin, the revolt of the unit in the whole. Perfect. That's just so awesome that everything you're saying, I mean, again, we didn't plan this out. That's why I'm all jazzed. That's why I get jazz when I'm on the podcast with you, because again, Daniel and I aren't really, we're just, this isn't scripted. This isn't, you know, we do have an idea of where we're going to go with this, but here, you know, you, you express these ideas in a way that I hadn't really interpreted yet or maybe had. And you sort of open up that idea even further that she lays down in this awesome, um, not only description of the story, but the meaning behind it. So, um, yeah, man,
1: absolutely. No. And I, and I love that. And again, we're going to kind of be breaking down this, this second labor of Alice Bailey, um, throughout this podcast, because, this this idea of form and really kind of gaining that connection to it is is so important. Um but what do you think? Do you want to should we kind of approach the second house of astrology? Do you want oh, to yeah, cover no, that let's, today?
0: Let's go, let's do it because, you know, again, we're we're not out of we're not done yet with Taurus. We're not done with, you know, we haven't even talked about the theme of, of illumination. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing that we'll bring up. But um but to kind of wrap this up, if you want to, you know, I know we've already been talking for a while and I I don't mind keep going, but I do want to hear what you have to say about the second house. Because again, we're on that second labor, we're talking about this Taurus energy, might as well just sort of like tie it all together, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm hoping too, is because like the stuff we talked about today is like, real big picture stuff. And I think people are like, well, how do I apply this to my life? You know, like we can understand like, you know, sexual energy and stuff like that, um, you know, and creating like a healthy response to that. But it is, it was very much abstract. And so maybe this is the nice thing about the housing systems is again, it makes this information more homey for us and it makes us feel more connected to it. And again, this is, this is so fascinating because when we talk about the house systems, it's so important for us because We went through this process. And so we started the conversation with the house systems as that first house and we spoke about that as like the ascendant and the rising. And we talked about its connection to Aries as it's like this birth of consciousness. And that moment when we took our first breath in this reality, in this realm, we we turned online and we and we were kind of connected and forever married to that sign that was on that rising sign. I was on the eastern horizon when we took our first breath. And we just talked about that That first house as not only the lens that we see life through, but also kind of what we feed back in from. But it really was, it was this explosion of consciousness. It was that individual spark of the individual identity. Um, and we learned about, you know, a little bit about our approach and our feedback of life. And so if you're curious about where that would be for you is you would look up like your first house, what r- rules your first house, and what sign is there is going to give you an understanding of kind of that energy of not only the lens you view life through, um, but what you actually feed back into. Um, and again, if there's planets there, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna include that in your understanding. You know, a a Cancer rising with a Mars in the first house is gonna be different than a Cancer rising with. Um, Venus in the first house, right? It's it, We're kind of learning about that. And a good way for you to kind of understand that is, like, look at the astrological sign, kind of study the planets, and you'll see some unique kind of connections. And so if this first house is the individual spark of identity, now what we're going to kind of do is forming more of this solid sense of the I and in, in the self. And right. so, you know, what we kind of see here is... Like the self-worth? Kind of self-worth, and that's what's going to kind of come up here, but more of just like this connection with the body. Because we we come online in this reality, but we're kind of just like this jello meatball for the first six months, right? right? We don't really have control of our body. We're not really falling into form yet. And so this is what we're doing. We're creating the housing unit for this consciousness to be held in. And as a baby, you're not really in it until these like first six months. And we kind of spoke about that as like, The wiggling of our fingers. Right. You know, in that moment, we wiggled our fingers and realized that we were our own separate entity from our mother. And there was this whole process of starting to kind of see what was me and what is not me, you know, because we kind of move away from this aspect of the mother being everything and being like our security blanket. Well, now we look at our, you know, our feet and our toes and we're like, well, these are my toes. These are not my mom's toes. Those are her toes. We had to do the same thing with our hands. Like, well, these are my hands, not her hands, right? And what we're going to kind of approach here is, is as we're kind of differentiating ourself from the not-self, um, and this is a really, really big step in the realization of, you know, that we are separate from our mother, and the mother was the whole world to us at this point. Like, we actually have to realize that the mother is not us, you know, and again, that's a part of something even bigger because it's not only just the mother, but it's that universal mother that we actually got separated from. Like we see our mother as the physical representation, but what we're kind of processlessly consciousing is not only were we saw our mother as an extension of us, but we were an extension of the universe at this time. And again, we're we're falling into our own. We're going through this this stage of differentiation. differentiation. And so, you know, before that, we didn't see that difference, and we only saw, you know what we thought was everything. And like now we're looking at stuff and like, well, this belongs to me, um and this doesn't belong to anybody else. So we do we kind of learn in the second house of like who we are um and what we possess. And so with this discovery of the body as this separate awakening, we also have this realization um of our finiteness. Because what happens is we get a little bit more curious and we're like, well, hey, like This I'm going to wiggle my hands, I'm going to move my toes, what else is not me in my environment? And we kind of go to move, but we're still not in that form to be able to move, and we fall and we hit our head. Um, And we have our first experience of self-inflicted pain. And so we have this realization in the second house, is like, although there's a fire inside of me that I can't put the beginning on, and we talked about that as like our spiritual ego, right? How it's kind of like, you know, there's no beginning and no end, this... The spacesuit that I'm in, this is finite. And I have a feeling there's an expiration date here. And so, this second house is so interesting because what this is, is it really gives us this idea that, you know, how do I find security in this five sense reality jungle where everything is either eating or getting eaten? Everything's bigger than us. And we're fragile and finite. How do we find security in this existence through this? And, and this is what we're gonna kind of look at because what we're gonna see is we're really gonna kind of start discover like what we value um, and what is important to us. Yeah. And this is, again, why this second house is so important to pull in all the topics we were talking about with Taurus because we can't have our security in physical things. You know, we have to have the proper relationship to our physical things. We have to have the proper relationship to our relationships. Exactly. You know, how do we find security in this finite? Because it's it's the elephant in the room. Like, we don't speak about it very often, but we all going to die. You know what I mean? And, like, we have to accept that. And how do you accept that? Not living in fear, not getting bitter. You know, not being like Captain Hook in Peter Pan, right? Where he's so afraid of the, the crocodile, which is the Ouroboros right in the the father time which is the clock and he becomes a tyrant and he starts you know dominating people because he knows that natural law is going to dominate him at the end and take his form from him. And so how do we find security in this world? And so this is a really important thing because without security you're not really going to be able to blossom into your authentic self. Right. That so- blossom meant by self-worth. Not to interrupt, but it's like you have your your
0: period in time where you acquire materialistic possession that gives you worth or gives you security, but then you must evolve from that into what made you acquire that into self. And then that gives you self-worth. That's the real value is understanding Mm -hmm. like, no, I was worthy of all the things that I obtained. The things that I obtained weren't
1: my worth. Exactly. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And again, there's no like materials, things are something that we acquire in life and what like connects with you. But it's when we put our identity and everything in it, that's when it can kind of get destructive. And again, you know, your fancy car is going to break down, you know, even these walls that are covering us right now are going to turn to dust at one point, you know, everything goes back into the box into this physical realm. And so the second house really does, you know, it. you see it as in most uh, astrology books, they'll talk about like money, possessions, and maybe some like skill sets. Right. What's that? that would be like a sun energy involving that? Well, like... no, yeah, it's, but it's again, you want to get down to the deeper aspects. What, right. is, what is money? Money is a form of security. Right. What's a possession? It's a form of security. You know, I'm saying for those who read that and they think,
0: oh, this is what the second house represents is like just money. But yeah,
1: I'm in I mean, agreeing with what you're yeah. saying
0: is like, it's deeper than that. It's you know? deeper.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know, just like the, you know, you can read about the first house sometimes and people are like, oh, it's how you approach situations. And you are like, way deeper than that. Second yeah. house, way deeper than just what the tax man's yeah. worried about, which is like your possessions, you know? And it will give you your values, which is really important, but your values are what kind of create your security. And, you know, and this is, this is a, a really tough thing for us to kind of connect to, because, you know, how do we handle things like death, you know? And again, I'm not saying like, oh, with death, you should just be numb and not go through the experience. But like, you know, even in death, we have to understand like, well, do I really like believe and do I really truly understand this aspect that energy doesn't die? And so just because the form that I was in like I loved with and that was such an important thing with my life, you know, do I truly understand what it is I do like we get tested when our security comes around and and it's something that we're going to have to come to face to face with what those experiences. You know when I when I lost that uh, my friend Drew, you know, um who is really the the CEO of this podcast. Cause I know he's what brought us together to do this. You know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. That's, that's
0: how you and I reconnected and we should tell the story on, on, on Drew. But one thing that I wanted to uh, connect Drew to, to the same thing I'm about to say is that what I said earlier is that if you have that self-worth, that is what's going to give you ultimately, in my opinion, the piece you need to let go of the physical form that you've acquired. The physical form is only a, f- Uh, uh, there for you to be able to express that inner God that we talked about earlier, the God that is in all of us and put it out into the physical world and leave it here with the energy that you've created, but not take it with you. And it's okay to let go and leave it here. Mm -hmm. You did your part. And I think that's how I felt about Drew when I met him. I'm like, Oh, the end, the end goal for all of us shouldn't be so much again, the worth of my possessions but the self-worth that i've always had that allowed me to acquire those possessions and he already had made peace with that um Mm -hmm. but i
1: don't know if did you want to mention drew a little bit no no, i think we could cover that and you know i think when we one of the things we've never done um is we've never really given any kind of background about like who we are and how we got into this information. And I know a lot of people are kind of curious about that. So I think we'll have an episode. Yeah. And it's hard time. too.
0: it really, it's easier between you and I talking. Uh, it's funny you said that cause you just like brought it up to the forefront for me. Uh-huh. I did a, a video on Patreon, and like, I started kind of going down that rabbit hole and I pulled back because I feel like we'll save it for another time where uh-huh. we can talk about this because yeah, when you and I reconnected, there was that, that, it, you know, what had happened with Drew hadn't even, like, occurred yet. It mm-hmm. was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, you found yourself a very interesting friend that I'm, like, in awe of. And I mm-hmm. remember that's how it all began. But you're absolutely right. We should, in the next season, what we're planning on is a lot. And uh, and one of those things should be having that conversation of what led us to even get to this point. Right. And, and how we even, like, entertain each other to have these conversations. that's another thing is like, Mm -hmm. it's not that I never knew I could have these conversations with you. It's that you allowed them to be held. And I was like, Oh, he's just being nice. Like he's just letting me talk out of my butt like I am right now. And then he's just like, yeah, you know, my friend Eddie and you know, then I'll see you later. But, but no, little by little, you were more and more, um, astute to be like, Hey man, you know, there's a book you should check out that kind of talks about the essence of what you're bringing up to this conversation. So I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to have that conversation with you about how we got to this point.
1: Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I'm totally excited, man. And, and yeah, man, I think it's a good way that summarized, I think was a, it was kind of a paraphrase of a, a Jungian quote, but with the second house, we only discover what supports us when everything else we thought supported us doesn't support us anymore. You know, and we we do have to go through that aspect, you know, because like we do lose that aspect of like, oh, I'm an extension for my mother, you know, how am I gonna protect myself? How am I going to survive in this five sense reality jungle that we find ourselves in, being, you know, these thin skinned walking on two legs, almost always in the process of falling down individuals, right. you know, and we're in this maze without any instruction. So how do we find security? And so, you know, certain signs find security through different things. And so that's another reason why you kind of want to explore your own natal chart and see where you find security and just how important that, that finding that true security is, because we do, we're going to get tested with a lot of difficult things. And this is why you really need to move this information from knowledge to wisdom. And it's not just something that's connected in your mind, but it's actually something that you've instilled into yourself. And you've kind of incorporated this into you because this is, that's what this esoteric information more is it's not just it's not just fun facts or bar trivia um it's it's for the creation of your character and the development of your heart
0: you know i gotta say we keep defending the podcast in this episode in the last couple episodes and i think it's interesting how it goes with the fact that season is ending and i think it's great man i think it's awesome that you know i know daniel right now isn't defending the podcast because he feels like there's something that we haven't said about ourselves and why we're here. But I think it's important to continuously reiterate the fact that this information isn't new to anyone. And we're just using ourselves as a conduit to just sort of give you information from our perspective of the greater universe and all its mysteries that it tries to kind of aid us in. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily like go on this intense journey and excavate to the deepest depths of what knowledge really means. It's like, no, what is leading you to something, um, to be uh, discovered in my opinion is the universe itself. And it's Mm -hmm. God working through. This is my opinion again, Mm -hmm. God working through you to get, to get there. It's like, no, here's the sign. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you the sign. You're just not looking over Mm -hmm. here. And I just think that, You know, we keep saying this on on these final episodes that are just, you know, again, this information, as much as it's fun to talk about and go on and on about with us two friends, really is just, again, the aiding of another component to rising to the next octave or in this journey to higher consciousness besides just the spiritual jargon that's out there or, um, you know, whatever people think that this you know, might mean through a podcast. And so, um,
1: yeah, that being said though, thank you to all our Patreon members. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, you
0: guys are amazing and all the fans and all the listeners, all the haters, everybody, everybody who is included because it's all your energy that you're sort of mixing in together as a community with opinions that need to be talked about and need to be expressed. And Daniel said this last time we are working on a form right now, and we're going to be moving to season three and give ourselves more space mm-hmm. to have this real expression of, where we're coming from and how we're going to put this all together, bringing individuals onto the know thyself, uh, platform that are going to help us, uh, you know, get to that, to that point. So thanks for your patience and your true, uh, I guess like thankfulness back to us every time that you send us these awesome messages. Cause I mean, that's my favorite. It's just people are just like, Hey, I found myself in this place in my life. And you guys just by having a conversation, I'm like, great, Mm -hmm. you know, just have another person on this journey with us. Like you're just no. as important as anybody else. So thank you so much for reaching out.
1: Yeah. The greatest honor in the world. Yeah. And you know, I think you, I loved what you kind of said to kind of finish this up. Um, and it kind of goes back to this. One of my favorite quotes is like, what you are looking for is what is looking and how like important that is for us to really understand that, like it's all within us and it's kind of this inward exploration that we kind of need to go on. And so yeah, I I love that you gave a shout out to everybody, um, you know, and just we really are. We're just so honored to be on this journey with each and every one of you, and we're we're so excited to see what this, you know, what this project that we had no idea what it was going to be is kind of unfolding. And did we even like? Are we at a hundred episodes? Did we pass hundred? We're almost episodes? to a hundred. We're not okay. there
0: yet. Okay. Which again, we've just been going like crazy. But I mean, you know this expression that we both have to or this need to express this information you know it's i always said i always theorize this that the most complicated thing in the universe tries to find its way to us to have an understanding but ultimately reach peace within Mm -hmm. yet we convoluted the entire idea using this interesting method of complicating it with words that are beyond our understanding to give it a place in space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so interesting because it takes people away from a given right of ours in our soul to have this understanding of mm-hmm. what we speak of. But yet to get to it, we have to use things like the 12 labors of Hercules mm-hmm. or so many other stories, allegories, whatever, just to express this beauty that, is always within us and around us, and so, yeah, it's just it's just the nature of who we are as humans. I think is to mm-hmm. overcomplicate uh, an idea that can't be understood. If it can't be understood, mm-hmm. then it must have some kind of quantum, like mm-hmm. you know, background. and And maybe having an idea of physics will help you uh, reach sort of these new levels of interiors of this understanding and vibration. But ultimately, like even a child knows what's, what's really going on within their, their heart, you know, on um, mm-hmm. what guides them to stand up and wiggle those toes or to have, you know, a connection with their mother without even having the words. And I feel like we're just having to find ways to go back to that mm-hmm. with less words in order to have that expression of what that means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. I kind of went out there.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it.
0: Cool, man. Well, um, Yes, we are approaching the end of the season and we still have to continue our journey on with the Tarot and these 12 labors of Hercules. So it's going to just like jump into the third season so that we'll make an announcement. I still think we should make an episode to wrap the second season, though, like we did.
1: Oh, um, and our solar return? Yeah. when our first, We should totally do that again. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Let's do some that. More.
0: And then, you know, we'll continue on with this path. And, uh, you know, May's just around the corner and that'll be our our approach to the third season and to the third year doing this man, which is wild. I know that's cool. So, um, until next time then until next time. All right, man.